I saw the Lord high and lifted up, and the train of his glory filled the temple. I see the Lord high and lifted up, and the train of his glory fills the house. The train of your glory fills the house. We behold you this morning, O oh God, yes, as Moses beheld you in the cleft of the rock. You passed him by, Lord, and he felt your presence. He knew, O oh God, that you were with him. And this morning as we stand in your presence, we feel you with us, O oh God. We feel your presence, mighty God. We could get used to this, mighty God. A glimpse of heaven. A glimpse of your presence. A glimpse of your glory, mighty God. Move amongst your people this morning, Father. In whatever, Lord, situation they've come out of. However, oh God, they feel the
shout your our hearts our hearts will cry these bones will sing that great It's his breath in your lungs. You are saying, God, as long as you give me breath in my lungs and life, I will open up my mouth and I will praise you. I will glorify your name. I will lift up your name. This morning, I just have sense in my spirit for everyone that is dealing with a chest infection and having difficulty breathing won't you just take your right hand and place it over your chest it's his breath 
in your lungs. Like how God Almighty, Yahweh, stepped out of eternity and he breathed into Adam and Adam became a living being. He breathed his spirit, the breath of God. So today I pray that the very breath of God be breathed into your lungs. Every infection is clearing up right now in the name of Jesus. Every airways that has been blocked is begin to clear up in the name of Jesus. Every pain has been removed in the name of Jesus. You will breathe easier. You will breathe easier. It's his breath in your lungs. It's his breath in your lungs. chapter 4 verse 2 says continue in prayer watch in the same with thanksgiving with all praying also for us that God will open unto us a door of utterance to speak the mystery of Christ for which I am in bonds that I make it manifest as I ought to speak Walk in wisdom towards them that are without, redeeming the time. Let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how to answer every man. This week, my prayer is that as you pray and as you seek the face of God, God will begin to keep making known to you the mysteries of Christ. But more than that, may you walk in the wisdom of Christ. Yes, 
Amen. Redeeming the time. But verse 6 is the order of our lives. Let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer every man. I pray that God will begin to speak to you and God will speak through you. Amen. Amen. May the lives of others be touched and changed because of what God is doing in your life. Amen. Won't you just take the hand of your neighbor? We're going to speak into the lives of those that are around us. We're going to speak a word of blessing. This is speak a, a, the touch of the Lord, the hand of the Lord. Yes, we come in a point of contact today for our brothers and our sisters. You know what they need right now, Father. You know that they are special to you. That you love them with an unconditional love. Thank you for your hand upon them. Thank you for the grace that's upon their life. So today I just speak the life of God over them. I speak that the grace of God will be multiplied on their life. I speak, O oh God, that they would come into the fullness of all that you have. We speak that every limitation will be lifted off their lives. We speak that every fear and every anxiety will be lifted off their lives. We speak, O oh God, that grace has been poured out. Grace has been poured out for every area. Oh God, that they will be lacking in nothing. They will be lacking in no area of their lives. I speak the fullness of God. I speak the anointing of God. I speak, O oh God, that they would encounter you. That you would speak to them in the name of Jesus. I speak that you are baptizing them and you are touching them and you're anointing them and you're pouring out a fresh anointing upon their life today. I pray, I speak, oh God, that there are open heavens and divine encounters. I pray, oh God, for answers to every prayer, every petition, every request, in the mighty name of Jesus. Be it unto them according to your word. Let every word that you have spoken over their lives come into fruition. I declare that they are walking into they are living in the overflow. I declare that they are walking into and they are living in the overflow. The abundance of God. That the abundant life of God resides in them. They know the protection of God and they would walk in the perfect will of God concerning their lives. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. amen. And everybody said amen. 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 It's good to have all of you in the house of the Lord together. 
Amen. We're just going to worship God together. We're going to just, our worship team will just bless us with a few songs. Amen. And we're glad to have all of you here in the house of the Lord together. Let's just trust God to keep ministering to us. Amen. God bless you. Hallelujah. Amen. There's such an awesome presence of God right now. Come on. Let's put our hands together. We're jumping in the river right now. Amen. Yeah. Oh. All over this place. Everybody right now. There is. There is a river where goodness flows. There is a
Amen. But I believe I can hear a son of an army right now. Amen. Come on. Yeah. Put your hands together. Yeah. Potter's house, you're not just any ordinary people. You're part of the army of the Most High God. And you're equipped for anything right now. Come on. You got to believe. Let's march. I'm marching to battle, no doubt in my mind.
your name, oh God. Come on, let's declare that I'm marching to battle. Let's sing.
glorious, amen. There's a sound you dress this morning. Something is roaring, amen. Come on, come on, let the lion roar over everything right now. What is ours? You gotta believe who you are. You gotta believe the power that God has invested in you right now.
dishonor you. It is our desire that you, Jesus, the lion of the tribe of Judah, will roar. That we pray that there will be a releasing of a sound on the earth that will break through every spirit of wickedness and every spirit of darkness that today I declare that there's a sound being emitted by the body of Christ throughout the earth that is setting at bay every work of the enemy that today we roar over circumstances we roar over situations we roar, oh God, over economic crisis and over political conditions. We roar over social, oh God, chaos in the name of Jesus. We come against every vile and every demonic activity that is raised up in our community. We take authority over every principality that is over Chatsworth and over Durban and over South Africa. We come against In the sphere of the schooling environment, in the education department, I pray over our teachers, I pray over our children, 
in the name of Jesus we come against every spiritual attack oh God in the name of Jesus you oh God will raise up a standard in the name of Jesus you will quench every fiery dart of the enemy Father, we pray a covering over our children in the name of Jesus. In the universities, we pray a covering in the name of Jesus. We come against every satanic, oh God, interruption and every satanic release and every satanic spell in the name of Jesus will be broken. In the name of Jesus, we declare that the power of God is able to deliver I pray that the word of the Lord will be over the mountain, over the lives of our children. In the name of Jesus. I speak a blood covering over every child of ours. Where they would know that they are covered by the grace of God. They're covered by God himself. I thank you that you are assigning ministering angels yes, over the lives of our children. Yes, and I believe that no vile attack of the enemy. Yes, yes, they would be led into no temptation. Yes. I pray in the name of Jesus that you would give them a sound mind. I pray, oh God, you would give them perception. They would not make wrong decisions and wrong choices. In the name of Jesus, I pray for right associations. I pray for a strong mind. I pray for a renewed spirit. In the name of Jesus, that you are touching them and you are protecting them. In the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said amen. And amen, amen. Let the lion roar over our lives, amen. Praise the Lord. Let's just be seated in the name of Jesus. Amen. It's good to have all of you here this morning. Amen. Before our, our Sunday school may leave, uh, I just want to just take the opportunity uh, just to pray, amen. I want to pray over the couples in the church, amen. And uh, we just thank God for them, amen. So, if there's any couples that are in the church, if your spouse is not here, you can stand proxy for them. Amen. And uh, come, let's just, let's just pray with you. Any, you can join us. If your spouse is up here or you want to join them down there, whichever way you could do it, uh, just, just join with them. But stand with your spouse. Amen. Amen. Bless the Lord. Amen. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. We trust in God today. That strong families, strong couples, make strong homes. Amen. And so today we are trusting God for you. Amen. That God will begin to move on your behalf. Amen. God will show up in your home. God will show up in your marriage. One of the challenging areas in our lives right now is couples. And marriages are under so much attack. Some of us are here today. We may be uh, trusting God for our children. They may be in, in relationships and we're praying for them. Amen. That God will bring the right people in their lives. Amen. And, and that God will begin to move over their lives. So, Father, we come before you. 
Kilai Lamando Robo Sete. Over every couple that is in this place. Father, I pray against every attack of the enemy that tries to divide, tries to break down, sow seeds of discord. I pray that you will confound the enemy today. That means you will bring confusion to every plan of the enemy and every assignment of the enemy against your sons and daughters. I pray in the name of Jesus that you, O oh God, will begin to destroy it right now. That you are quenching every fiery dart of the enemy. I pray, O oh God, that they will be able to stand strong. I pray that their relationship will be rooted in Christ Jesus. Because for those that are in Christ, we can do all things. For those that are in Christ, we are more than conquerors. So Father, I pray in the name of Jesus. I speak a word of victory. I speak a word of breakthrough. I speak a word of establishment. Father, for those that are even considering marriage, I pray today remove every obstacle. Let them understand that it is a beautiful institution that you created. And so today I pray, may they enjoy, each couple here enjoy the blessings of the Lord in the land of the living. May they enjoy moments of laughter. May they enjoy moments of peace and joy. May they in enjoy, your oh God, every moment of their lives and may they make great memories. May they be godly examples to their children of what, oh God, you have in store. And I pray that even where we failed, Lord, help us to be restored. So I speak restoration. I speak breakthrough. I speak establishing. And out of their union, oh God, may their children rise and call them blessed. May, they, may, may their families, oh God, be a witness to the lives of many others. I pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. I pray the seal of God the protection of God, the covering of God, and the blessings of God upon every couple in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen and Amen, Amen, Amen. Bless you, bless you, bless you, bless you. Bless you. You may be seated, Amen. Our Sunday school may leave, Amen. Thanks to the worship team, Amen. Our God is great, Amen. Our God is good, and we thank God for His hand upon us. And the many examples that we have even in the house. Amen. Amen. I see you, Levi. Amen. 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 We pray God's blessings upon each one of you. Amen. You are, you are seeing, telling his father, I, I see you. I, I'll check you later. You know. <laughs> Amen. So that's why I said that. Amen. We, we, we're glad to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Amen. You're glad to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. The Lord is really being good to us, and, and we just thank God for his faith and his favor upon us. We thank God that this week, at least, it's a little cooler in the place, amen, in the sanctuary, in the house of the Lord, so we can really, I know it was uncomfortable last week, but thank you for bearing with us. Amen. Amen. Now, I, I want to go today, uh, I'm going on the third part of our series on advance, and really it is birthed out of the the, the, the word, the prophetic word that 
this is a season of advancing. Amen. And, uh, and so I want to just share a few thoughts with you today. But today I want to speak. I spoke a little bit last week, Sunday, on uh, the law of vision. And if you missed Wednesday night, you can listen to our, 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 our stream or Facebook, YouTube. It's also on, on, it's on podcasts, right? There's a different podcast, right? There's, it's on Spotify and a few other options. So if you, even if you want to listen to you, you can listen to it. We were speaking a little bit more on the law of vision, but also on the law of light. I spoke about spiritual illumination and sight, that that is God's desire for us to be able to have spiritual sight, amen, that God gives us spiritual sight. <clears throat> In Esther chapter 2, verse 15, the Bible says that Esther obtained favor in the sight of all those that looked upon her. Amen? That Esther obtained favor in the sight of all those that looked upon her. Favor works with sight. Amen? When favor is upon you, Annie, get my water, please, sorry. Uh, the when, you, when you have the favor of the Lord upon your life, you also will be recognized. Amen? So when I speak to you today, the favor of the Lord will make you recognized, make you stand out. It'll make you come to the place where you'll become a blessing to other people. So we speak today that one of the laws of advancement is the, the power of spiritual illumination and sight. So may the Lord begin to open your eyes that you will be able to see possibilities, see opportunity, and not only see it, but seize it. Amen. And I, and I pray that that is the favor of the Lord. When we talk about the favor of the Lord and living in the, in the favor of the Lord and in the shalom of God, in having the peace of God, is that when God favors you, may you also have peace. The challenge with, 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 uh, sometimes when you, when you come into the blessings of the Lord, sometimes people lose peace. But I pray that children of God, when God blesses you, you also have peace. And, and when you look at the word shalom, it means the peace of God. But also beyond just the peace of God, the definition extends itself to there'll be nothing lost, nothing broken. You would enjoy the immense favor of God. So when we speak peace, you know, when you greet somebody and you often find the Jewish people would greet people and even within the church circles, often people will greet each other and say shalom. And it was basically means peace be to you. But when it comes to it, we're not only saying peace be to you, but we're saying may there be nothing lost, nothing broken. Amen. May you walk and live in the favor of the Lord. Amen. Won't you say to your neighbor, shalom. Amen. So we're speaking a word of blessing over their life. So we're on point number three and... And we're on part number three of our series on, on advance. <clears throat> and I want to speak about the law of transformation. <clears throat> or, or what we consider the power of a transformed mind. One of the challenges is that as a Christian, re we remember that man is made up of three parts. Spirit, soul, and body. But we have to understand that 
Firstly, in the definition of who a Christian is and a child of God is, we are first spirit. We possess a soul and we live in a body. The challenge with many of us is that we live from a soulish realm. The soulish realm is basically our mind, our will, and our emotions. And if you're living from your mind, will, and emotions, you would find yourself fluctuating in your journey with God and in every other sphere of your life. But when you live from the dimension of the spirit, the Bible says for those that are led by the spirit of God, they are called sons of God, not by your mind. Now, one of the greatest challenges, and, and I wish they taught me this earlier in my life, is that even in my Christian life, is that we don't operate, we don't have a relationship with God based on my mind. I don't have a relationship with God based on my feelings. Because your feelings change from one day to the other. Amen? And your mind sometimes changes from one moment to another. How many of you have sometimes looked at something, you went into a mall, you went into a shop, and all of a sudden you said, this is the best thing ever, right? And you looked at that outfit, and you looked at that dress, or you looked at that outfit and said, man, I look good in this. And then all of a sudden you turn your back and you look in another section and say, oh, man, I will look good in this. Now, what happened? Your mind changed, right? Because you're interpreting everything around you based on your mind. So you got to understand your mind will change from moment to moment. And sometimes your mind switches based on your feelings. That's where you get people fall in love, fall out of love. I don't know where they're falling. <laughs> but the reality is that if you're going to base any relationship based on feelings, it'll change. If you base any relationship based on, on, on reason, it will change. So we cannot engage the realm of the spirit from your mind. So that means when you come into church and you're trying to pray from your mind and from your reason, you cannot engage God. You, can, you find it hard. Even if I tell you this trust and this pray, in that moment you, your reason kicks in. And so many people that lives in the place of their intelligence or in the place of their mind and their reason have a struggle engaging with the things of the spirit. That's why the Bible says, for a carnal-minded man, the things of God is foolishness to him. So that means if I come to you and I say to you, this is what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to you, put your hand on your, on your chest, and we believe in God that God will heal you, that your chest and your airways will clear. You say, no, Pastor, I need an antibiotic. Or I need some medication, maybe a pump. And I'm saying to you, God can heal, but he's moving through the realm, not of your mind, but of your spirit. Now, the Bible, now when you look at your spirit, the spirit of man is seated in the heart of man, right? And that's why the Bible says, out of your heart flows the issues of life. The abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. So if you get to the place where your spirit is rightfully informed, in right relationship with God, you'll have an easy way of engaging with God. You don't engage with God out of your mind, but out of your spirit. 
So that's why sometimes when we, when we talk about praying in the Spirit and, and trusting God for just the move of the Spirit, this is a heart connection. This is not a mind connection. The Spirit has an ability to reveal certain things to us uh, that we sometimes stay out of. But I want to talk to you today about the law of a transformed mind. If you go in, in Proverbs chapter 23, uh, Talia, if you can throw that up for me. Proverbs chapter 23, verses 7. While she's throwing that up, I'm going to read for you Romans chapter 12, verse 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. That means this is, if you go and look at that scripture, it basically says this is what is required of every believer, that you present your body. Firstly, a living sacrifice. It must be holy and acceptable unto God. That means it says this is the minimum requirement of every believer. When you come into the house of God, you're not just coming to church, but you are coming to the house of God to engage with God, and you are saying, I'm bringing myself to the Lord. That means you bring your body. If your body don't show up here, it's because you didn't bring it. If your body shows up here and you didn't bring it, you got a problem, right? <laughs> but, but, but the challenge is that you bring your body to the, to the house of the Lord and you present it before the Lord. That means it's not just about you showing up here. It's about you being present here. Sometimes we're here, but we're thinking about breakfast. Sometimes we're here, but we're thinking about, oh, they dragged me here. No, no. Sometimes you're thinking about how I'm going to get back at them for bringing me to church today. You're not present. You're not presenting your body. You are present, but you're not presenting yourself to the Lord. And the responsibility, how do you present yourself? That's why worship is there. That's the part of where you present your body to the Lord. You say, Lord, I'm bringing my mind, my will, my emotions, my spirit to you. And I'm saying, God, now speak to me. You can come into church and walk out the same way without no change in your life, or you can walk out being changed by the Lord. And I pray that every time you walk into church, and please make sure you're in the house of God, but every time you walk into church, may the Lord arrest your spirit. That means get your attention, and may something drop in your heart that begins to fill a void, speak to you, begin to change something in your life. It says, you present your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. Remember, the requirements didn't change for the sacrifice. From the very early New Old Testament, when God says, when you present your body a living sacrifice, you, when you presented a sacrifice, the sacrifice had to be without spot or blemish. The requirement didn't change. What you're presenting changed. Now you're no longer presenting a lamb on your behalf or any other animal, but you are presenting your body. And you've got to understand that you are without spot or blemish. Now it doesn't mean we are perfect. It means that I come before the Lord and I say, Lord, bring me under the covering of God. And whatever in my life that is not of you, you remove it. And if we consciously do that, 
The, the Bible says as we become more aware of the light of God, that means the presence of God, the, the grace of God, the gift of God in our lives, the things of the world will go, grow strangely dim. The reality is that nobody in the church is perfect. Everyone is striving. So don't worry about where you are in relationship with somebody else. Your only measurement of your walk with Christ is you. And you're coming in. Now, this is not a justification for you to stay where you are. But this is an understanding that I'm not in competition with my brother or my sister. I'm not measuring, okay, they so far on the continuum or I am so far on the continuum. It doesn't matter about that. It matters about am I better this week than I was last week? Am I a little bit closer this week than I was last week? Is my life a little bit better because God is showing up in my life? So you've got to come to that place where you begin to allow God to begin to speak in your life. The Bible says all of this is your entry level into the house of God, into the presence of God. And then he comes in verse 2, he says, be not conformed to this world. That means every Christian benchmark of your life is not the world. The world is, an, is a metaphor for everything that is in the world. That means the things of the world, the, the, the lifestyle of the world, the trends of the world, the thinking of the world is not what is directing our thought patterns. So that means you are not being conformed. That means you are, you are, you are not Conform, when you talk about conforming, that means you're not adjusting your life to what the standards of the world is. That means I'm not going to my friends and saying to them, oh, this is what my friends think is right, and I think is right too. I get to the place where I'm conforming to the image of God. I'm conforming to the standards that is in the word that doesn't change. You see, trends change. One day they tell us one hairstyle is a very good hairstyle. You know, when we were growing up, they call it like a sweeper, side sweep or a comb over. You know that that is, you know what that was? That was the line. You know, when you put the brill cream or the chameleon cream, and then you comb it all on one side. It, you don't need gel that time. At this day, whole day. You were a grease monkey the whole day. You looked like it. You know, this. But, you know, bro, uh, if you don't know about brill cream, I'll take you to one of the shops in, in Gray Street and I'll buy you some brill cream. It works better than, than, than gel. It just keeps the hair in the, same, in the same way, right? And it keeps the hair healthy, right? But, but anyway, that's brill cream. But the, the whole thing is don't be conformed to the world because trends change. I remember there was a, a stage in the early 80s. Or, or the mid late 80s you know lady diana was a very benchmark for everybody everybody wanted to have a lady diana haircut hairstyle and whenever she changed her hairstyle everybody changed their hairstyle some of you today still have bobs and and kimberly cuts and i know a little bit right <laughs> but the, the reality was everyone was following a trend. Now we want to color our hair and, you know, we, we go pink and blue and green. You know, those days it was outrageous. Now you're like, you're a rock star. You know, you're, you're, you know, you're doing it, right? So, so the challenge is, the Bible says, do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed. 
That means conforming, it means there should be a constant point of change in our lives by the renewing of our mind. That means there has to be a constant being addressing. So there's a, a constant process of learning and unlearning that we should constantly be engaged in, in our lives. The more we become aware of things that we should unlearn, then we unlearn it. But you can't come to the place where you are confronted with new information but stay in the old pattern. That's not being transformed. It means you are conforming in that time. You are not transforming. So the, 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 the life of every believer should be a life of transformation. We should be constantly evolving even in our lives. Amen? So the ones that ever told us that Christian people are stagnant and are without goals and without direction, they're wrong. Because the reality is that we are not stagnant, but we are constantly evolving. The Bible says that we may prove why we're transforming. That we may prove what is good, acceptable, and the perfect will of God. If you want to live in the will of God, you have to be in a constant place of being transformed and having a renewed mind. So this is a very important part. Now, Talia has thrown up the scripture, Proverbs chapter 23, verses 7. For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Eat and drink, they said unto them, but his heart is not with you. I want to focus on point A of that scripture. For as a man thinketh in his heart, that's what the King James says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. The, the reality is that our thought patterns begin to involve and inform our lifestyle. Amen? And so if you want to experience a higher dimension of, God, of living, uh, you've got to change the way you think. You've got to think beyond your context. You have to think beyond your culture. You've got to think beyond your background. I want you to understand something. God, you know, throughout Scripture, and there's very, very various schools of thought, and, you know, for various people, often when they looked at Jesus Christ, they looked at him as being a Jew, and they said, when, they, when you become a Christian, they say you're serving a white God. And for some people, they want God to be a black God. So you got liberal theology, and you got different extremist viewpoints in terms of a theological understanding or understanding of who God is. But the reality is that the Bible says for those that are in Christ are a new creation. That means there's not about a culture. So in the kingdom of God, there's not one culture. The Bible says every kindred and tongue. That means he is the father of us all. So that means the reality is that in your house, everybody in the house don't look the same. But does it make them not part of the family? You know, you got some dark ones, you got some brown ones, you got some light ones, all in the same family. The other one can say, hey, you can't say, hey, this one, don't belong here. Isn't? Come on. But the reality is we're all part of the same family. And the reality is the kingdom of God is part of the family of God. And we all don't necessarily look the same we may not be speaking the same language, but we are part of the kingdom of God. 
Amen. And so I want you to understand that culture shouldn't play an important part in us understanding who God is. We have to come first into understanding that we're part of the kingdom culture of God and that we're part of the new creation in Christ. That means we live by a whole different set of rules. Because if you don't do that ch change, we're going to live by certain value systems of the world and so we'll find ourselves conforming to the standard of the world. So you've got to get to that place where it becomes an intricate part of your DNA. It doesn't, doesn't mean you don't identify within the culture group that you belong to, but your culture group within which you belong to doesn't determine who you are. I may dress up with different styles of clothing that may identify with different culture groups, but it doesn't make, mean I am part of that. Amen? So, uh, Mr. Mbele, next week I show up with a Beshu, it doesn't make me a Zulu. Or I show up with a Kurta, it doesn't change who I am. The reality is my first definition as a child of God is I'm a new creation in Christ. And so you've got to get to that place. So I want you to understand God wants you to have a higher standard of living. That means it's not involved by your context. That means whether I'm born in South Africa, whether I live within South Africa, whether I live in a suburb or I live in a township or, or I live in a, in a squatter settlement, it doesn't change who I am. Whether I'm in a lower income housing development, whatever, it doesn't inform who I am in Christ. You've got to learn how your thinking is not informed by the context within which you live. The challenge is that many of us are dealing with those challenges and we're bringing it into the house of God. So many well-meaning Christians are unable to transition their thinking. And sometimes we are loyal to the things of the world and this is destructive in our walk with God. Your mindset is a gateway for demonic activity or angelic activity. And you've got to understand what are you allowing through the gateways of your life. What are you allowing into your mind will allow the, that different spirit to manifest. If it's angelic, if it's God blessings, it will be the, the spirit of the Lord. It will begin to inform your thinking in a certain way. But if you open yourself to the things of the world, there will be demonic activity that will find its life way manifesting in your life. So you've got to understand this. Your thought life and mindset influences your perspective in life. Say to your neighbor, your thought life and your mindset influences your perspective in life. That means the thing that consumes most of your time is important. Now, what's a mindset? A mindset is a thinking pattern, a viewpoint, or a perspective. Some people have a certain mindset in their lives. And sometimes if you don't break that mindset, you can limit yourself. So these are the things that is important. I want you to understand your thought life is a very, very important part of our lives. 
If we don't get our mind, we bring our mind. The Bible goes on to say, let this mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus. The reason why the Bible focuses so much on our mind is that most of us live in the realm of reason and in the realm of our mind. Now, I'm not telling you to shut off your mind, but I want you to understand if you are firstly spirit, how much of your life and how much of your life decisions are spirit-informed and how much of your life decisions are mind-informed. This will tell you whether you are carnal or you're spiritual. That means if you're using your, your mind and your intellect and your intelligence and your gathering of information, remember the information that you gathered is somebody else's thought. And you didn't have an ability to assimilate it like they did. And so if you're living through other people's thought patterns, you're not living your own life. Come on. Every book that has been written is not gospel. I had this conversation with pastors that come in and they look at, and, and you know, the guy said, I'm doctrinally sound and I'm this and I'm that and whatever. And I said, but he says, well, Berkhoff says this and, and this person says, now these are all theologians that wrote certain books. But that's their perspective. It's not the Bible. It's not spirit-led all the time. And so you've got to get to the place where you've got to interpret what is in your mind through the realm of the Spirit and say, Holy Spirit, now help me make sense of this. So that means you can have an ability or an expertise or a skill in a certain area, but the Holy Spirit gives you the cutting edge to give you the wisdom on how to apply the knowledge or the information that you have accumulated. So you got to get to that place. So mindsets are very important. Mindset speaks about ideologies, value systems, and thinking patterns. The reason why mindsets are so important is that mindsets lends itself to strongholds. And strongholds are basically a mindset that has been fortified by demonic activity. So you become a, a, a victim and kept, kept perpetually in a line of that thought. So that's what becomes a stronghold. That means if you are unable to pray, there's a stronghold over your life. That means there's a mindset that has set in, there's a thought pattern that has set in that says to you, I don't pray. And when it becomes that, and when you can't open up your mouth, it's only by the, the understanding that the enemy has now stifled you so much that it's become a stronghold for you to open up your mind. You cannot engage God through your mind. Some people say, no, I'm worshiping God in my mind. No, you can't worship God in your mind. You worship God from your spirit. The Bible says those, when you receive God as your savior, your spirit bears witness with his spirit that you're a child of God. You are a spirit being. You engage God from your spirit. And when, 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 when something is in your spirit, the Bible says, what is in your heart, your mouth speaks. So if you're struggling to worship, it means there's a stronghold over your mind 
that has now come to the place where it's informed you that you are not spirit-led. This is a very, very important part because sometimes we sit in church and we think, oh, you know, we're here. And, you know, and, and, and I feel sorry sometimes for the guys that does the worship here because if you, if, if you had to see what they see, Come on, I want to be real with you. Sometimes what they see is people. Imagine you trying to sing. And so you want to, okay. Imagine you see what I see when I'm preaching. So that's why I understand I'm not speaking to your mind. The things of the spirit is caught in the realm of the spirit. Yeah. It is not, I can share with you many things today, but there may be one thought that when you register with your spirit. Yeah, the, the other day I was talking to Uncle Jeeva and he says, he says, I thank God, you know, every time I come to church, I, I leave with just one thing. And that one thing carries me the week. Because it's a caught thing. The whole element of being in church must be a place where your spirit catches something. So I want you to understand, be aware of strongholds in your life. And today I pray, may the Lord break every stronghold over your life. Things that hold you back from becoming spiritually stronger. Some, some of us say, no, but this is my style. This is who I am. I'm this kind of person. That's a stronghold. When you come into the house of the Lord, you should say, Lord, change me. By nature, I am a quiet person. Ask my wife, ask, ask Joash. I can sit sometimes on my... They can all be having a conversation, I can be quiet. I don't know where I'm getting old. <laughs> but the reality is sometimes I just want that space in order to, to, to concentrate and just focus on something. And it's not that I don't love them or I don't want to talk to them or... Sometimes they don't understand. They talk, oh, we're talking to a wall. You know? <laughs> no, but the reality is that for me, as a, I don't have to talk so much. Right? But I had to realize that when I come into the things of God, I have to learn how to change that. I have to learn how to adapt that. So I want you to get to that place where you understand so the spiritual condition is a very, very important part. Now, what's the process of transforming a mindset? Firstly, first step in, in transforming a mindset is awareness and recognition. That means you've got to come to the place where you become aware that I need to be in a place of changing. And I have to recognize the need for that change. You understand? So acknowledgement is of ignorance is awareness. So you've got to come to that place. A child does not know they are a child. Only an adult can recognize childish behavior. You know, children think they're just like you. You know, sometimes you go to your child and they're a toddler and you say to them, do this, I, yeah, I know it. And you're wondering, like, how you, you know it? You can't just assume that the child knows it because they don't have the, the life experience to know it. 
So you want to understand how do they know it. But most of the time, children say, you yeah, know it, and we just assume, okay, they know it. But the reality is they don't know it, but because later on you'll give them an instruction, and their behavior or their response to the instruction will tell you they're still a child. They don't really understand it. So I want you to get to the place where you understand the childish behavior in our lives, the areas in our lives that lack maturity, the areas in our lives that still requires God to change, change our lives. So first step in transformation is awareness and recognition. The second step in, in, in transformation is the learning how to discern progress. And the realm of the spirit can help you to discern progress. Your body can be limited by time, space, capacity, but your spirit has an ability to be omnipresent. Only your mindset can hold you back from being where God wants you to be. Okay? So people can, so whether you're in school, they can bully you, they can bully your body, but they can't bully your spirit. That means you can, you can rise up against it because you're not engaging from the mind. See, some people that have a weakness of mind try to assert power and control. When people, when everything else fails, then they try to assert power and control. So become aware of that. Become aware, even as adults, where people try to bully us into doing certain things. You've got to become aware of it. Start building your mind. Now, in Genesis chapter 11, verse 1 to 5, I'm not going to read it. The children of, uh, uh, the, 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 the people were starting to build the Tower of Babel. And they decided... We're going to build this tower so that we can reach God. So in building this tower to, uh, to reach God, they thought, the Bible says, they, were, they thought about building the tower. They didn't start building it. They thought about building a tower to reach God. And the Bible says, and their thoughts that was in their mind caught their attention of God. And God said, let me go down and see what their minds are desiring to build. Everything that is built is built twice. It is first built in your mind before it is physically built. You, you never ever do anything without thinking about it. Right? You know, some people say, I did this without thinking. No, no, no. Somewhere down the line, you already thought about it. Just you didn't act on it immediately. You, no, one, no one goes to, to, wakes up in the morning and goes to a dealership, I'm, I'm buying a car. And you didn't buy a car. You thought about it. Either it was tacitly or passively, you were thinking about buying a car and you, you, you went and did So you first understand everything that is built is built twice. Right? Other than that, you can't truly build. So the Bible says... God said, let me go down and see what is in their minds to build. There are some things that is in your mind that gets the attention of God. And the, the thing that was in their mind got the attention of God and God says, let me come down and see. They didn't start building, they didn't dig no foundation. 
They didn't gather no material, but the Lord says, let me come down and see. I'm here to say to you, it is God that judges the intents of man's heart. It knows the, the things that is in our minds. And, and I want you to understand, this is why the reason we need to have a transformed mind. Our thoughts life is very, very important. The fourth part of a transformed mindset can occur and operate. This is a process. From the lens of a transformed mind, God begins to look at through our transformed mind and removes every limitation of your life. Many of us live within the limitations of, the, of what we have set in our minds. And may the Lord help us to break those limitations. For our children that are in school, you may have been a, a, a C student or a B student and you're quite comfortable there. And you say, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm making it, I'm, I'm okay, you know, I'm not failing, I'm not passing, but uh, very good, but uh, I'm passing, I'm there. I mean, I, I'll take the middle of the road uh, and carry on. So sometimes that's a limitation because there may be a greater element in your life. Some of you may be doing the job that you're doing for a long time and you're saying, okay, I'm doing well. And that's the limitation. So you're not setting the bar any higher. Have you set the bar a little higher than last year in your job? You know, often when I, when, when I used to sit with Joash and he's in school and, and, and when we're sitting down to work out, I, I used to sit in January and negotiate a gift for December. And so I used to say to him, okay, this is what you're doing. I'm not benchmarking him against a class average. I'm not benchmarking him against another top student or another, another student or whatever. I said to him, this is what, where you're performing. These are areas if you make one more change on these areas, you can function at this level. So I'm saying to you, the benchmark is this level. Not, not for the sake of it, but I'm looking at my son and I'm looking at the progress that he's made. Right? So the reality is that I said to him, when you hit that mark, this is what I'm going to do. Anything lower than that, we're not going to renegotiate. Right? But that's setting a bar. But if you set the bar lower than what they're achieving or on the same level that they're achieving, what's the need for the bar? You're going to develop a mindset and a thinking that it's okay as long as I benchmark at this place, I'm going to be okay. So you've got to change it. But we're talking about our children. But what about us? And so every year when I start off the church and we start off ministry, I'm saying, God, what more can I do this year than we didn't do last year? How can we stretch our faith? How can we do things a little different? But on your job, have you stretched your mindset? Are you trying to coast it? So this is part of the process of a transformed mind. You have to change the lenses. You have to look at the place where you change your lens. I pray today that you go home, write down the things and start to set a standard for yourself that you can measure yourself, not anybody else. Amen? The only limits we have in our lives, in, in our life, is by our own mindsets that we have. But I pray that may the Lord begin to inform us that there's more that he has in store for us. Let's just bow our heads together. I didn't get a chance to get to the law, law of productivity. Amen. And, but you can take the scripture home this week. Proverbs chapter 18 verse 6. 
it says the gift of a man will make room for him and bring, bring him before kings. The way that God is going to advance you is through the gift. God doesn't advance where there's no work and where there's laziness. Right? The Bible says if a man does not work, he shouldn't eat. Right? The false fasting. Right? So I'm saying to you today, work and productivity bring success. Father, we bring your sons and daughters before you today. I thank you for their lives. I thank you for what you are doing in their lives. I thank you for your hand of blessings upon them. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you, today, that you will touch our minds. Lord, I pray for a renewed mind. I pray, O oh God, that you said, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Father, I pray that let our spirits inform us on how we should respond, how we should live. Father, that we should live beyond the limitations that have been imposed on us. Some of us have had limitations imposed by us, whether it be by educator, whether it be by a, a significant person in our life, a parent or anybody. Father, I pray today that those limitations that have held your people back, you would remove it. Father, I pray let them live in the realm, from the realm of the, and the dimension of the Spirit. That, Father, I pray today that you would increase the dimension in which they function and they live in, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. 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 Pray.